0: It's time for some Inside Animation. With your host, Adam Sartain. Today's guest, Daniel Kahn. And now, here's your host, Adam Sartain. And there we are. We are back for another episode of Inside Animation, and I am your host, Adam Sartain. Today, we have with us an old friend of mine, Daniel Kahn, and we'll get to how we met later, because that is one of my new segments in my podcast. But for now, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what the job
1: you do in the animation industry? Sure. Uh, Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Daniel Kahn, and I'm a production coordinator on Middlemost Post for Nickelodeon. Great.
0: That's awesome.
1: So what does
0: a production
1: coordinator do? Well, my job is a little bit different than my uh, live-action counterpart. Right. Um, But a lot of the basics are the same. Generally, what my job is, is to shepherd the episodes in a season from start to finish. Essentially, when we get the scripts in to when we send it out to the animation team for animation, and then I help out a little bit when we get into post-production, although that is kind of where my handoff is. So I kind of oversee the week-to-week production of a particular episode. I split the season up with my other coordinator and essentially I'm tracking everything that goes into the episode up until we ship it out to the animation team. Right. Um, so that's anything from designs to updating the storyboard and animatic um, and basically shepherding everything along the production pipeline.
0: And any new characters, you're getting character designs.
1: from Exactly, character designers. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of my job is, is combing through scripts, combing through the storyboards and animatics, frame by frame and really kind of looking at everything and thinking about it. All right, it's all here on the page creatively, but how do we do this practically? Right. Right. And so, I'll kind of lead the team through that thought process. Great. That's awesome.
0: So you'll know a lot about my next question because in this segment, what I always like to do with all my guests is piece together how an animated series or, film gets made Mm -hmm. and so you're right there (laughs) basically at every step of the way so you know all the steps and in which order they go so I normally ask where you fit in but you're like kind of outside almost making sure everything goes in its proper order
1: yeah it's, it's very cool from a production standpoint because I do kind of get to dip my toes in every little bit of the process And I get to kind of see the whole package.
0: Right. Now, do you, is there any decisions that you're in charge of making, like this particular character design, or is that the director that does that sort of stuff? So
1: I'm more of a messenger. Um, I don't like to say that production has no creative input because we definitely do, but it's much more from a perspective of how do we do something or how can we achieve what the creative team wants to do. Right. So, um, so the writers is,
0: said they wanted a uh, an elephant to show up here. How does that elephant get there? Or right. Something? Exactly.
1: Right. Um, so today, actually, for example, I was doing this. I was kind of leading the creative team through an episode and, and really, you know, shot by shot. All right. Well, we've got a lot of complex uh, ideas here. What is the best way to execute everything in a way that's both creative and budget friendly?
0: Right. Exactly. That's great. So, uh, without revealing too much about the episode, because obviously i don't want you to you know spoil anything but is is there a way you can go a bit deeper into how you how you figured that
1: out sure um yeah. i won't use any specifics from the show or anything like that but i can kind of run through a little bit of the thought process of what yeah. is it, something like that so thinking even with Middlemost post you know, there is a lot of action on the show. It is a comedy, but it is very entrenched in kind of the classic tropes of Looney Tunes and, you know, early SpongeBob and classic, you know, Mickey Mouse shorts and things like that. So it's very. So random. Kinetic, yeah. And random stuff happening kind of. Very silly. That the characters are very expressive. They're often breaking beyond the bounds of their rigs, you know, their standard designs. Right. So there was a lot of wackiness. There was a lot of action and energy. And, you know, occasionally we'll kind of dip into other genres and things like that. I think in our first episode that aired, we had kind of a a very actiony obstacle course sequence. Okay. So there was a lot of thought into, okay, well, this is a lot of new designs. How much new designs do we need to do? Who's doing the designs? You know, when we have things like, backgrounds and stuff that you haven't don't normally use exactly episodes yeah okay but even classifying more specifically is this a prop is this part of the background does this need to be animated is it stagnant does it stay in the background and not move all of those things have to be taken into account and then that will also dictate what artist we hand out the design assignment to how it's going to be handled by the animation studio is it something we need them to do is it something we do in post-production is it something that we may need to you know Find an outside freelancer whose style more matches this unique thing we're doing. Awesome. So, you were talking about
0: outsourcing. How much outsourcing do you do as part of Nickelodeon, and how much is done in house?
1: Um, So, every show is different. I can't speak for Nickelodeon as a whole. Um, I can only speak for the shows I've worked on, both with Nickelodeon and without Nickelodeon. But every show is its own unique beast, it always has its own set of challenges. Generally, Though shows I've worked on, the animation itself is done by an outside studio. Okay. But all of the pre-production is done by the studio that I'm working with. So in this case, Nickelodeon. And then obviously distribution is... You know, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. So Nickelodeon for you know a show like this, we handle the scripts, we handle all of the premises, we handle all of the pre-production, all of the designing, all of the storyboarding. All of that is done at Nickelodeon. And then we send everything over to our partner studio, which for Middlemost Post is Yowza Animation in Canada. And they are the ones who actually are hiring animators and doing all of that. Um, Now, Middlemost Post is very unique of a show because, again, it's very wacky. It's very zany. There's a lot of, you know, we set some norms for the show, but, you know, every episode is very unique and we're constantly changing styles and, and doing unique things. And we have a lot of live action and we have stop motion. So we have a lot of partners, you know, based in L.A., based around, you know, elsewhere that we do reach out to occasionally to do something that might be a little more unique or a little more specific right. um, for a, some some wacky idea we're doing. We have a lot of live action segments in our show. Some of it is just still images that we get online, but we do have some stop motion. You can see in even our main title, even our theme song, uh, the ship is all done in stop motion. It's a live action prop. That was built in Los Angeles by a company called Apartment D that is really fantastic with their stop motion animation. But, you know, I've worked on shows that had none. Right. You Where know, there was, was all done in house. It was all done in house or it was all done by one outside studio and that was it. Right.
0: As a voice actor, I myself am curious. Now, I've, I've talked with a bunch of people and most of the time, pretty much everything I've heard is the voice acting happens before the animation happens. Correct. So has there ever been something that happened where the voice actors recorded and then that kind of changed how the storyboarding would need to be done? Or is, where does storyboarding fit in? That's another question. Is it before or after the voice acting is done? Sure. I can hit both.
1: Yeah. So once the script is in, we start on the storyboard process. When the storyboards are complete, we pitch them, we give notes. And then we go to recording. Um, We're going to record based on, you know, those most recent storyboards. But that definitely changes. Those storyboards have notes that they're being addressed while we're recording. When we get the records in is when we move to the animatic stage and we start actually building the show and building the rhythm of the episode. Okay. But we are still constantly revising and changing and throwing new ideas out and It's 100% influenced by the voice actors because that can change acting for us. You know, if the tone is different, the intent is different. Sometimes, you know, on a show, especially in a show like ours right now, our creators are very involved and they are constantly throwing out new ideas. Even while we're recording, they'll say, try this line, try that line. Hey, let's take it this way. You know, this isn't quite working now that I'm hearing you say it out loud. Let's fix this. Which um, also happens on sitcoms a lot. So that's, mm-hmm. it.
0: that's really interesting how that, you know, in live action sitcoms, that's, you know, they're constantly like even the scripts, the way the scripts are designed in sitcoms, they're supposed to have be double spaced. So there's room for edits.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Um, this... I can't say that we do that much improv because this is a very well-oiled machine and we can't make a ton of changes, but it definitely does happen.
0: Right, right. But it happens frequently. It's a common practice that it, that oh let me try this line or yeah, very cool. Sorry, I was just geeking out over these similarities. Okay. It's so cool. I just love this. So yeah, okay. So let's see. Oh man, I could pick your brain all day on this stuff, <laughs> but let's not go too deep. I think we're pretty good now on production coordinators. So let's move your on honor. to our next segment. segment i like to go back in time let's talk about how you got your start in animation what got you interested in animation as an industry
1: you know i never set out to do animation i think a lot of people can say that they come to la they come to hollywood with very specific plans of oh i'm going to be an actor i'm going to be a director i'm going to be a writer And I went to film school. I had every intention from high school up through college. I'm going to be a director. In college, I did some freelance PA work on live action sets. I was really trying to cut my teeth early and get in there and be a director. And then I went through college. And as college went on, I realized how much I loved working with people and collaborating. And I kind of felt myself move from film to television very organically and then from there from film to TV to TV writing instead of directing. And so I graduated and set out to be a writer <laughs> in LA, even though that's not why I had originally gone to college for, not why I had originally moved out to LA for. Right. And then as I was trying to get jobs, trying to figure out what I was going to do, you know, you kind of have to I was very fortunate my parents Told me, you know, you get a couple months of us supporting you fully, and then you need to find a job. A whole two months! Wow, that's pretty good. (laughs) They gave gave me a couple. Yeah. And I tried. You know, I went out for every internship, every job I can get my hands on. I actually have a stack in my drawer here. I like to remind myself if I can pull it out, I'll show you. (laughs) Of walk-on passes. Oh, nice. These are all Disney walk-on passes. Oh, mouse. Cause I tried so hard to get a job at Disney. Cause that was, you know, for a while that was the goal and not necessarily Everybody wants cart-
0: to work for the mouse <laughs>
1: <laughs> and not necessarily cartoons, but I love Marvel. I love star Wars. I think Pixar is wonderful. I really think they are a great example of, you know, it's not the medium, it's the story, it's the productions, the people behind it.
0: Yeah. And Disney's a big company and they do a lot of stuff. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're not going to they're not going out of business yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> I don't know. So, that's for sure. <laughs> it's longevity <Yeah>. right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I had an in, uh, sort of. I um right before I graduated college, I did the Disney College program. I was a Jungle Cruise skipper for a couple of months. Oh, that's great. And so I had some connections to Disney, um hence all the interviews I had, but I still no bites. No yeah. no jobs, no internships, and I spoke with someone at Disney feature production. And I had said, look, I am now six months out of college. I have hit the deadline, I guess, for right. internship eligibility. They let you up to six months post grad apply for internships and then there's nothing. And there aren't a lot of entry level jobs there. And I said, what do I do? And I was told you need to get a year behind a desk at an agency. It's something like that. You need a year behind the desk. And that was, and it was a tough, Thing to hear because that was exactly what I did not want to be doing. I right didn't want to buy a suit when I moved out here. Didn't want to ever be in a cubicle or anything like that.
0: The whole and point,
1: the whole reason
0: why we moved to LA is so we don't have to do that. Sort of exactly. <laughs> so it, it
1: hurt. It hurt to hear, but I needed to hear it. Right. And you know, I got other jobs. I was working the Simpsons ride at Universal Studios. I was giving tours at Warner Brothers, which was a nice foot in the door because we did do a little bit of other work in the television industry. You know, we did a lot of audience wrangling for shows like Conan and Ellen and, and you right. know stuff like that, special events at the studio a lot. And eventually I did get a desk job. I was a assistant at a management company for like seven months. I absolutely hated it. I knew I was going to hate it. And I was doing it because I was told to, so the reasons weren't even right. And they ended up firing me. I don't know if they sensed that I didn't, appreciate the job or if they were just as awful as every Hollywood executive stereotype you can think of really is. Um, But I was miserable there and I was kind of relieved when they let me go. And I was very fortunate that I was in the market for a job at the time because my roommate had, through her connections, seen an opening for a PA position at at a cartoon. And I applied and it was in Beverly Hills and I was coming from Burbank where all the animation is done. And I was commuting to Beverly Hills every day for two years, which was also its own source of misery for me. <laughs> um, if you don't live in LA, it is the density of New York, but spread out very, very, very far and thin, and everything is traffic all the time. Yep. And too many people live here, and every transplant to LA will tell you that too many people live here, and yet they moved here anyway, myself included.
0: One of the good uh, things
1: about COVID is the traffic went down. I hate to like, say it. For like three or four glorious months, I could get on the five and just drive. And it was great. Except for yep. you know, all the disease. It's like the one good thing that came out of COVID. <laughs> Silver linings, sure. Yeah, right. Um, but I worked two years at this very, very small, like, boutique animation studio. Um, working on a preschool show, which was so out of my wheelhouse. And not really anywhere near what I wanted to be doing. and. My my stance on animation had always been, like I had said, if the story's great, it doesn't matter if it's live-action animation or anything like that. But I was finding that I was really enjoying it. I was enjoying how different it was from live-action production. And I don't want to say easier because that's definitely not the case, but it's such a different type of energy that you're using, a different type of thought process that you're using. And I just felt very comfortable with it. And at the same time, one of my very close friends who is an animator and has worked for nickelodeon disney for years she and i were pitching um, i was writing she was you know doing all of the art and all the character design and we pitched to nickelodeon a couple of times we pitched to amazon a couple of times and no bites but i really found my passion for animation and you know i loved watching cartoons growing up and i always was passionate about animation but not in this way not in the way of being passionate about the animation industry and from this tiny little show it's called rainbow Rangers. It's a preschool show. I think it got two seasons on Nick and then a third season on a uh, streaming platform of some sort. Right. Um, I worked on that show. I worked on another show for that company called llama llama based on a children's book series, which was very cute. I, I, then... I assume
0: there's llamas
1: involved. <laughs> there are some llamas involved. Just yes. Like one or two, just a couple. Um, But a very cute show, and I also was able to kind of see different types of animation because Rainbow Rangers was a CG show, Llama Llama was a 2D show. I then moved up to another studio very briefly, working on another show for Netflix that I don't think has been announced yet, so I can't talk too much about it still. Before getting very lucky during the pandemic, another silver lining for me was getting this job at Nickelodeon. I had almost forgotten I had applied months prior, and they were staffing up for this wonderful new show. That essentially staffed up completely during lockdown. Very few of the crew has met each other in person. Wow! Oh. So it's been a very interesting year and change, a very interesting dynamic for this show because most people do not or have not interacted with each other in real life.
0: So you applied for this job?
1: I applied for Nickelodeon. I didn't know what I was getting myself into.
0: Okay, so it was just a general application for a working for Nickelodeon, for
1: example. Well, they were... So then, you know, a show is stepping up. We need a production coordinator position. OK, um, but they don't say what show it is until you get a little closer to the uh, to the interview. Right. <laughs> but it seems like a good
0: fit. I mean, you know, you've always said you want to work with people and you're working with the whole crew, essentially.
1: almost. It's been wonderful, especially yeah. since the smaller studio I work for was very small. Um, I think our production team was maybe four or five people. It really felt almost underground, like slapping the shows together with duct tape and spit. And Nickelodeon (laughs) is much more of a machine. You know, it has a lot of moving parts. Right. But the cool thing about it is, especially in production, where I get to kind of bounce around through all the different departments, I really get to work with a lot of different people and, you know, talk to them, learn about them, see their incredible, talented work that they do, you know, both for the show and outside of the show, personally. It's been really great to interact with everybody, work together, and it really is a team effort, which is fantastic.
0: Awesome. Wonderful. All right. So next, I would like to talk about, we talked about the past. Let's talk about the future. So you started off, you wanted to be a director, Uh then... You decided you want to be a writer, and then you jumped into animation. You found out you liked animation. What is the plan, or if if there even is a plan? But what are you thinking of, maybe
1: where you might be in five years, let's say? I think that's an interesting way that you phrase that. If there even is a plan, because that's how I'm feeling right now. I really feel like I had With the to... flow. You know, yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes the plan is go with the flow. That is my plan right now. You know, I, I, like I said, I really had a very strict plan. I was going to move to Hollywood before I graduated college, do my last semester of college out here, move out here. I didn't even go to my own graduation ceremony because I was already out here and I was going to get a job at Disney or Warner Brothers or one of these big studios. And I was going to be a director and that none of, you know, almost none of that happened. Right. And the stuff that did happen, it happened differently than I expected, or it happened in a different order, or not the way I thought it was going to be. And I love animation. It wasn't what I sought out to do. It's not necessarily something I'm going to you know, box myself into if the right opportunity comes along, but I'm enjoying the ride. I love the show I work on. I love the people I work with. I. I think Nickelodeon is a wonderful studio, wonderful company. And I'm not just saying that because they're paying me, Um, not just because they're signing my paychecks, because I really do think that the the environment they foster is one that is rewarding, you know, rewarding those who work hard, rewarding those who are creative and, and work together with each other. It's awesome. Um, So I don't know, I'm going to just enjoy it. If I'm doing animation in 10 years from now, great. If I'm doing something else, fantastic. As long as I'm, It's a Disney quote that I love is keep moving forward.
0: Yes. From the Robinsons. Mm -hmm.
1: I I really appreciate that line. And I actually watched that movie when I spoke with the Disney executive who said, you need to take a year off, go away from us and come back with more experience. I really was very, you know, taken aback by it. And I watched Meet the Robinsons and I just really felt like, okay, you know what the plan is. Put your head down. And let's do the work and let's keep pushing forward. Keep and I think forward, yep. I think now I will just continue moving forward, seeing where the road takes me. And as long as I'm not, you know, getting too comfortable and I'm so, making sure that I'm moving forward, I think that I'll be on the right path. I was gonna
0: ask, was there, is there an animated movie that influenced you? And that's perfect. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Oh, wow. I just, I just love this because, you know, a lot of people try to plan their life and try to, you know, I have this one goal, I have this big thing that I want to do. And, you know, I had like five different goals when I was in high school before I went to college. You know, I was going to be, uh, what was it, a scientist and a musician,
1: then an actor and then a politician. <laughs> I think at one point I was going to be a veterinarian. Yeah. A no, but I wanted player, to do. All,
0: I wanted to do all f- all four things. You wanted <laughs> to be like in a... sequence: a scientist, then a musician, then a <laughs> actor, and then a politician. <laughs> a music
1: playing scientist who runs for office. Yeah, exactly. And, and stars in a movie. And stars in a movie. Yeah. You but, start in a movie about your own success.
0: Right, exactly. But that's not exactly how it played out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think, but, and that applies for everything, really, because you know, I think even for things like, like dating or finding the right apartment, you know, we had all these. I had all these plans of like, well, we're not going to deck, and this is silly, but we're not going to decorate the apartment because we're going to be moving out into a better place in a year. We've been in the <laughs> same apartment for three, four years already, and you know, yep. for the longest time, we just had blank walls, and you can't, you can't plan like that because it's never going to go exactly the way you think. Exactly, It just. Got to go with the flow and enjoy the ride.
0: Excellent. So we're almost out of time, but before we go, a couple questions. Uh, first, what advice would you give to someone who wants to break into the animation industry? Either as an animator or a writer or a production coordinator.
1: Well, I think we covered, you know, go with the flow. Right. You know, don't box yourself in too much. You obviously, if you have a special a specialty, you know, when you want to focus on that, of course. But don't close yourself off to other opportunities. Be kind, be friendly. There's so much networking involved in Hollywood in general, and that was very scary to me when I moved out here because I I get a little social anxiety from time to time. I, I think it's sometimes hard for me to approach new people, but it's worth the effort because they will help you. Every job I've gotten has been because I was talking to somebody or a friend of a friend of a friend or... Um, I went to Emerson College, and the alumni Facebook group is called the Emerson Mafia, and we really go out of our way to help our own. I mean, I think I was on a film shoot once. I was pa some film. Uh, it was like a short film for Crypt TV, the horror yeah. website. And we kind of turned around and realized everybody on the crew here went to Emerson. When your family is you stick together. yeah. <laughs> Really, I, I, Rainbow Rangers, um, was the show I worked on for a while. I got it through my roommate who was a, a fellow Emersonian. Even like, uh, even working at Warner Brothers, I only knew about it because I was talking to a friend. Because I was working at Universal and they said, come to Warner Brothers because we're doing all of this stuff where, you know, I'm working on Conan and I'm doing this. So really every opportunity I've had has been because of somebody else. So yeah, definitely really network hard. There's a ton of groups online on Facebook. There's all kinds of ways to meet people, especially if you move out to LA and I know that's kind of not the best thing people want to hear is you need to be out here, but I mean, it's very helpful. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. To have some
1: form of presence out here. If it's not you moving out here, at least visit, right? Regularly. Um, like yeah. have a have a presence. If, you, if you're able to, it, it is definitely a help. Yeah. Um, I, I actually know somebody on our crew had spoken with someone who was hiring and said, yeah, let's meet up for coffee or whatever. And then they booked a plane ticket.
0: <laughs> there you go. So speaking of networking and everything, a new thing that I've been trying to do with most of my guests, especially ones that I personally know, is how did we meet? Which, yeah. uh, strangely enough... Well, I I don't know. Do we want to do this as a uh, multiple choice thing for our listeners? Or I just thought of that. That could be good. That could be good. Okay. If you're out there listening, did we meet A, on the set of a commercial, B, during an improv class, or C, at a restaurant?
1: If you picked B, you were correct. I was waiting for that Jeopardy music, but I don't know if we get the rights to it.
0: Yeah, that's why I just did B. <laughs> of course, that's yeah. probably copyrighted too
1: somewhere. So I'll, I'll be looking for a <laughs> cease and desist letter. <laughs> we did meet at a UCB class, Upright Citizens Brigade. God rest their souls. <laughs> I, that was I know I was in the middle of another class level when uh, everything kind of shut down. And then I don't think I ever got my money back.
0: Oh, no. And then the um, poor workers, the poor staff there, just they got left out in the wind. Yeah, it
1: was very just unfortunate. No, um,
0: it was just that's it. Bye.
1: <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed uh, doing UCB. Um, yeah, I did stand up in college. I tried out for every single improv troupe, comedy troupe, sketch troop that my college had to offer, and we had a lot. And I didn't get into any of them. Tried making my own and it just floundered immediately. And another lesson I can say is just get up and try again. You can fail a million times before you get your first success, but you won't get there if you don't do those failures first. You don't try. See, my
0: inspirational movie was Zootopia and the song Try Everything. Mm. That's what got me. It came out in the spring of 2016. And by fall of
1: 2016, I was in L.A., (laughs) Wow. That's wild. Pardon the pun, but that's wild. Yeah, literally Um, wild. (laughs) But yeah, I I did stand up. I did comedy and I tried out for every single thing. And I, I never really, I didn't think I ever was going to be a professional comedian, but I always wanted to, you know, I did a lot of theater in high school and college. I like performing. I like entertaining, whatever that may mean, whether it's animation or film or comedy or writing or anything like that. I like entertaining. Yeah. So I try, I tried a ton of stuff before I really found my groove. And that's not even to say that comedy isn't.
0: Right. So yeah, get out there and try stuff. And who knows, you may meet someone who three years later ends up doing a podcast and then you get on their podcast.
1: Yeah. And you'll the be one. famous. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can With say is. Oh my sure twenty you,
0: listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get more. We will get oh, more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna blow up. Let's, Once I get Seth MacFarlane on the show. Exactly. Um, The only thing I can really say is that you can't do is sit on your butt.
0: Yep.
1: Um, Some people say, you know, certain directors will say, especially like, just go make something, go get a camera, whatever crappy camera you can get your hands on, grab your friends and go make a movie. And that works for some people. Some people, you know, they get in kind of the classic way. They, they shadow someone, they, they, they take a very entry-level position. They, you know, they grind their way up through the ranks, and, and that's how they get their position. Some people get very lucky or, or very fortunate. They Maybe they have some money or they have some connections. They can get their foot in the door a little bit earlier than other people. Or they um, make a, vi- a video that happens to go viral. And, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's story is different. There's really no one path. Yeah. Um, the only thing you can't do is nothing. Exactly. So we are out of time, but
0: before oh, no. we go, I know it, it's just time goes so quickly, uh, but before we go, go ahead and tell my listeners where they can see your work. Obviously, Middlemost Post is going to be on, is on Nickelodeon. Fridays at 7.30.
1: Fridays at 7.30. Two 7:30. episodes right after the Patrick Star Show. Great.
0: And if you have any social
1: media or anything you want to shout out, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I got to like look up what my Twitter is because I always forget. <laughs> Um, I'm not terribly active on it. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, I, I have a professional Instagram that I do not use. I think I have like one post on it from like two years ago. Ah. But I do tweet from time to time. And occasionally I tweet about my my work, my career Yeah. Uh, at DannyCon4. That's K-A-H-N. Yes. A lot of people get that wrong. Con! <laughs> <Khan! laughs> <laughs> what is that from? Star Wars, Star Trek. <laughs> is that <Yeah>. Star Wars? <laughs> I like. I that get that. Gandalf a lot. guy from Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get that a lot. So I like messing with people. I always ask if use the Star Force, Wars or Lord of the Rings, or something. <laughs> yeah. And um, you can check me out on uh, my website, DanielScon.com. My resume is up there. Uh, some contact information, things like that. It is kind of tough when you are not an artist per se, because I don't really have a demo reel or anything like that. Right. I can tell. I can. I. I mean, if you want to see all the spreadsheets I've made, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> there you go. I <laughs> can organize like
0: nobody's business. Look exactly, at these. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thanks for and, having me. This was fun. Yeah, this is great to have you. And thank you all out there for listening. I hope you, you know, anyone who got the answer right, just contact us at inside animation pod on instagram and i'll send you your prize which is a big thumbs up (laughs) thanks again and once again this is adam sartain and this has been another episode of inside animation